Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Over the Boards podcast. My name is Matt Duke here in studio with Jay Ashdown and Vinny Cristiano. Today we are doing a fantasy hockey draft and we will keep updated on our standings and such throughout the season. We're going to go over some things that have happened in recent. So for today's episode of the Over the Boards podcast, let's go. All right, welcome back, fellas. Hello. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. What a great Hi. day. Yes. Gorgeous uh, outside. Jay is here, Don, in a Gardner Minshew costume. Yes, he is. Basically, uh, yeah. He's got, I just need the headband. He's got the mustache going with the Gardner Minshew jersey. And he got the crazy hair, too. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's true. You did a, you know, I'm impressed, to be honest. You did a bang-up job. Yeah, Thanks. that's the best Thanks. way to describe Thank that you. right there. Um, So, as I mentioned in the intro, we are doing a fantasy hockey draft. Uh, that will start at 9 a.m. It is currently 8.47 a.m. So we're going to try and get a few things out of the way here before our draft. But um, this was actually Vinny's idea, and it was beautiful for this Halloween episode of our podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we'll stop at about 8.55, about five minutes before the room opens, so I can just go over the point spread and all that stuff. Sounds Not good. spread, but like just kind of yep. how everything breaks down, just so it's easier. Yep. Um there was a game last night there was. that I did want to talk about that wasn't hockey. It was the uh, World Series Game 7. Awesome game. Awesome was it? Game. Phenomenal game. Sports happened? Sports happened. Sports happened. That was a great game. I have to say, um, surprised Cole didn't play for um, Yeah, that the was Astros. the biggest gripe about it. Like, I love Zach Greinke. I hate the Astros, but I love Zach Greinke, so I was sad to see him lose. Not sad to see the Astros lose. But in that situation... Uh, I have no problem with A.J. Hinch in a Game 7 deciding to say, you know what, we don't want to make any mistakes here. Let's let's take Zach Greinke out of the game. He did just give up a home run. He walked a guy. But you have to go to Garrett Cole in that situation. That's why you brought him up at the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Now let's bring in Will Harris, who did give up a two-run blast On his first yesterday. or yeah. his second pitch. Well, he gave up the two-run blast in Game 6 to oh. Anthony Rendon, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like... Yeah. You're, you're you're putting putting the ball in the hands of a guy who's probably got some low confidence right now. Obviously, did. And other than the bomb, Granky pitched phenomenal. He was he did he was he really did gorgeous. He had two hits. Excellent job pitching. It wasn't even just a, a pitching clinic. The way he fields the ball is incredible. Yeah. He was doing well. He he was averaging like ten pitches an inning. Yeah, which is he, absurd he had, he had for any game, let alone a playoff man. game, let alone a game seven. He literally had like fifty four pitches going into the fifth. Yeah. And that's crazy. That is, yeah. And then they yanked him, and then they <laughs> lost the game subsequently. Yeah. It just felt, though, and I don't know about you guys, I, I said it, like, with my roommates during the game, but, like, I'm not betting on the Nationals to win this game, but it's like, you leave that many guys on base if you're the Astros, it's got to come back to bite well, you at some point, doesn't well, it? Really, I mean, that's and one of the big did. things about, like, I remember watching the Yankees, and they did that a lot. It's like you can't leave guys at the corners in important games. Right. And if you're going to talk about important baseball games, right? I mean, Game 7 of the World Series. Game 7 is kind of important. Kind of important. It's up, in it's terms up there. Of, it's, yeah, in, in terms of sports in general, Game 7 is what? The most important game. Yes. By far, and in in on what stage, international stage? It's called the World Series. Yes, I mean that's so you can't. But if you're a World Series team, you yeah, you got to be able to make up um, the series of the world. Make up for that. Road team won every game in that series. Max Scherzer yesterday did not have his best stuff, but man, did he battle through those five innings. Yep. And then Patrick Corbin just took the ball, took him the rest of the way. He was excellent. Yeah, it was a great game. Excellent that game. Was awesome. Happy for Steven Strasburg winning World Series MVP. I'm Definitely happy for the deserved. Nationals too. Happy for the Nationals. The city of Washington I'm happy for yes. because the Caps and the Nationals now in in the span of, you know, two years. Is now, the, now the Redskins are going to win the They can start this week by with a win against the Bills. Redskins will never. And I'm, I'm just convinced that the Wizards will never too because they're just not very good. If the Redskins <laughs> beat the Bills this Sunday, my buddy and I are canceling our Bills-Cleveland tickets. Really? Yeah. Why? Because we don't want to go and get beaten by. Well, you don't want to go. You don't want to go on the road to Cleveland and face like the two and seven Browns. 
if we lose to the one and seven Redskins, yes, <laughs> I don't want to go. All right. <laughs> Just another small topic. Yeah. Yeah. World mm-hmm. Series exists. It's, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Um, something else that really doesn't pertain to hockey. Um, well, it kind of pertains to hockey, just not very much so. Jay wanted to point out that he met Kyle Dubois. Dude, it's Dubis. Okay. It's wow. Kyle Dubis. <laughs> Kyle Dubois. <laughs> I, did. Dubois. I said Dubois. Dubois. That's, that's a very reasonable Dubois. pronunciation. I would love to give you the benefit of the doubt here because I've pronounced many a name wrong in my day, but Jay has said that guy's name multiple times yeah, on the I podcast. But... Um, uh, it's it's, it's a relatively easy name to look at it. Yeah. Pronounce. Okay. But like, why would you see? Because there's <laughs> there's been names where I'm like I look at it and I'm like that's easy to pronounce and yeah. then I pronounce it completely wrong. Yeah. So, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. So I try to go weird route, figuring I would be right, just because that's the way hockey works. That the weird the weird name is always the way to pronounce it. Uh, but I was wrong in this case. So yeah, that's true. <sighs> okay. Well, I also met him. So I did. I don't know his name, but I met him. <laughs> You I'll, met him? Yeah. Oh, nice. At the game the other day. And then I also met Jason Bottero. Yeah, I, I saw he was there, yeah. too. I, I didn't That's bump into cool. him, though. Um, He's I a did. nice guy. Yeah. Kyle Dubas is. Yeah. So is Jason Bottero. Go Sabes. Roll him. Yeah. Um, so now that we're finished making fun of me for mispronouncing Kyle Dubas' name. <sighs> Kyle Dude. Dubas would have been even acceptable. Yeah. Uh, if, 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 Duba. If, if you... Um, <laughs> that was... It's... I'm, we're not. We can just move on. It is what it is at this point. Yeah. All um, right. Vincent. Yes. Would you like to take it away? I will take it away here for the um, first ever over the boards podcast fantasy hockey draft. The way this draft is going to work, uh, we're going through ESPN. ESPN requires you have four teams in the league. You can't just have three. So we have one team that we decided is going to be kind of like a nonsense team for the most part here. It's going to be the um, coin. And we're just going to kind of. <laughs> are, so, so are we? Are we flipping a coin, or are we just going to kind of draft, like... Why don't we draft, like... The Meme players is what I'm thinking. Well, that's what... Yeah, so just... So, Jay, you tell me who to draft, because I have it up on my phone here, so... So how many players do each team get? So each team um, has a roster of... Here, I can actually... I'll, I'll kind of break everything down for you in the beginning here. So essentially... I believe each roster is made up of 21 players. Yep, 21. And then you have one guy on the injured – you have one injured reserve spot in case one of your starters gets hurt. So, so there's – so in terms of so – there's no bench players, okay? So you don't have to set your lineup every day. You have four centers, four left wings, four right wings. So you have a full, you know, full forward roster, seven defensemen, two goalies, and then that one injured reserve spot. So you can – there is add drop. You can add drop. You can make trades. You can do whatever. But – um, there is no, like, you don't have to set your lineup daily. It's just like an NHL team where you would just, ho- you know, these guys go out and they play their games and you kind of see who has the most points. We are going not by head-to-head, but we are going by total points. So just kind of at the end of the season. Because we were drafting, obviously, a little bit into the NHL season, like 15 teams have played like 13, 15 games, ESPN will ret- retroactively put scores in for us. So we, So somebody will be, after the draft, will automatically be in the lead already. Um, but I, of course, you have a long season left to go. I wish I thought of this sooner so we could have done it before the league started, but not the end of the world. It's fine. Um, in terms of scoring, scoring right now, and this can be changed if you if we really like hate one of the things that I've done here. That's not hard. Awful. Um, goals are two points. Assists are one. Power play goals are an extra point to a goal. Power play assists are an extra half a point. Shorthanded goals are an extra two points. Shorthanded assists are an extra point. Faceoffs one are a point two five points. Faceoffs lost are negative point two five points. Uh, hat tricks are an extra three points. Shots on goal is a quarter of a point. Hits quarter of a point. Block shots quarter of a point. Wins two points. This is for goaltenders, by the way. Losses negative two. Goals against also negative two to go against the goals of the uh, the you know skaters. Uh, saves are a quarter of a point. Shutouts are an extra three points. Do we hate that, or is that? I'd like to change the assist to two points. So a goal and an assist is two points. Yeah. Why? At least I think. So the because you got some players out there that are like assist machines. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. That's why there was one point. Yeah. Why does that (laughs) mean? 
Okay, so the, the, I, I guess I just forgot the rule in the actual NHL where goals counted for two and assists <laughs> counted for one point. Well, like, people often their goals is yeah better than assists. Like, you have a better chance of winning MVP if you have more goals and more assists. Yes. I think they just look at total points. I don't think so. I think goals have more clout than assists do. <laughs> If, they, okay, so so let's let's points. just take a look at this. Okay, did we ask? Now the other thing is you can have two assists for every goal. That's part of the reason I have it as one point because you can have a secondary assist, but you can't have a secondary goal. Boom. Okay. That's the reason that I okay, did that. That's fair. Because you can have you know two people right. can get an assist on a goal. So then there's still there's still so essentially a goal points. involves three people getting points, two assist points, and one goal point. All right. So there's two two points for the assists and then two points for the goal. It's just the two points are split over. If I, I have to so like out of all the weird scoring so, that you could argue with, out of all the fantasy hockey I've played, that's the one thing that's pretty much consistent is that goals two and assists are one. Really? Yeah. Every league I've ever huh. been in has been that way. I've only been in a few leagues. Everyone just had them at the same. But well, we can that'll always, change we up can, draft strategy. We can we can change it next year. That's totally fine. We'll see how it goes. So in terms of the – so that's kind of how the points break down. Um, right now we have, like I said, four teams in the league. The draft is open, and it looks like everybody's in the room. Our draft order was randomized an hour before the draft, so at 8 o'clock this morning when I was driving here. Um, Jay Ashdown will get the first pick with his team, Kuznetsov's Coke. I hope that you get him <laughs> in the draft. Um, Jay Ashdown is picking <laughs> second. Wow. If that's Matt Duke's team. <laughs> <laughs> um, r- right now, I just have the Over the Boards podcast team. That's our kind of random team. That They're end up picking third, and I get the last pick in the first round um, <laughs> with the Tanwanda Turkeys, which is my uh, fancy team name for almost everything. <laughs> All right. Um, we got about a minute left until draft time. Jay, I'm sure, has... Narrowed down who he wants for his first pick. Narrowed um, down. If we can, as we get towards the later rounds, we could probably like kind of just in a league that bounce. includes Connor McDavid. We could probably bounce back to uh, just kind of talk about some of the the actual NHL topics while we just kind of silently do the draft in the last couple of rounds. But definitely the first couple of rounds, we can uh, at least you know kind of point out what we want um, in terms of the. Uh, our, as Jay called it, meme team. What are we? Who are we taking first here, Jay? In the Dustin Bufflin. Okay. So I was gonna say I'll just queue up these players and we can auto draft them. Just look up top ten sleeper picks. <laughs> His name's not even on the ESPN players database. Yes. Is it? It's 100. That's why I said it. How do you spell his name, then? B-Y-F-U-G-L-I-E-N. It didn't come up on my phone for some reason, but it's coming off my computer. Five seconds, fellas! I'm going to just scroll down and find him here. This is so exciting. Hmm. All righty. So the first pick. Just going to take Connor McDavid. Wow. Bold pick. Awesome. Okay, so Duke, my ringer's off and still making noise. So is mine. I think. Yeah. Love to see it. There we go. I just muted it now. Um. All right. 43 seconds. Hurry, 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 Dustin hurry. Bufflin. Uh, Alex Ovechkin went second. I was expecting Duke to announce his pick, but then he just didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I took Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> but he's only um, going to score 42 goals this year. So it's that that is 84 points right there. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take Kucherov. I I don't really think there's uh, that was kind of hard. Awful pick. Uh, I'm gonna go with Pasternak next though. Is my second pick. Ha uh, uh, ha. Huh. I also like Pasternak because he's a right winger and a left winger, so he can be kind of on my roster wherever the heck I want him. Um, oh, wh- what's our next uh, random team pick? Oh, O.J. Simpson. 43 seconds. Let's see. Let me go through it. Um, 
Let's Got 30 seconds here, Jay. Yeah, no. That Corey, Corey Perry. Perry? Okay. He's good. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We don't want this team to be, like, that bad, but uh, we do want him to be kind of funny. All right. Corey Perry goes next. Pick right. seven. Team Jay Ashdown, operated by Matthew Duke. Team Jay Ashdown with the seventh pick in the 2019 over the boards. Fantasy draft. It's a trip. Select. Steven Stamkos. What's Steven Stamkos? What the heck? <laughs> Dang. All right. You know what's going to be funny is me, Matt's going to win. I mean, back. Duke's going to win this. I'm, I'm going to go with Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon. I thought he went already, but I guess not. And That's a good pick. Leon Dreisaitl. I'm going to pick. Dreisaitl. Oh, you I pick. picked him. I was going to pick him. Um, I'm just going to pick all the guys that were good in NHL 2009, 2012, and now 2019. <laughs> <laughs> 2009, 2012. I was like, well, this, right. that was quite the jump. You in do that, dude. Those three specific video games. <laughs> those three specific <laughs> games. So um, now i got to find somebody who's in all of those video games. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Um, who did I queue up? Oh. Now, in a lot of fantasy hockey drafts, one of the most important things to get is a goalie. However, because this draft is only three real teams, usually a goalie goes first or second round, like, right. a, like a running back in fantasy football. But in this case, I mean, really, because there's only a couple of us, you really got to get the stars off the board before you take a goalie. Got it. John Tavares. Next pick to Saboka. Okay. I, he'll, be the the ne- he'll be the next pick after okay. that because I have somebody in between. Okay. Bang. Um, I told you, 2009, 2012, 2019. Who'd you go with? John John (laughs) Tavares. That's a fair pick. He's not missing too much more time anyway, so. Draft for the uh, meme team, Neil Pionk. (laughs) Pionk. Pionk. (laughs) That was a good day. All right. Scandinavian clown. (laughs) Pionk. What a day. All right. I'm going to take Brent Burns. I don't have a defenseman yet, so I'll take him. I also don't have a defenseman. Um, and now I'm back on the clock, so that's interesting. Yeah, it's snake draft. Yeah, I know. That's how a snake draft works. Um, I don't uh, – it's kind of hard to keep track of my team. Did I take a center yet? I don't think I have. So I'm going to go with Crosby. Yeah. I am worried about him getting injured again this year, though. He hasn't gotten hurt in like seven years. Cool. Vlad Sabotka is the next meme team pick. That was inter- that was a good steal uh, steal pick. I also don't have a defenseman yet. Yeah, that's not so bad. I mean, it could be you could be a lot worse. We are only in the, the fifth yeah, round. Well, fifth I round. mean, I'm I'm gonna draft John Carlson though. Yeah, that's a good, that's pick. A good pick. Yeah. Yeah. See, you I, will, that's gonna retro <laughs> like speaking of retroactive scores. Even if you do, that's gonna help you, you know, off the beginning of the season here. I also don't have a defenseman. So I'm going to go with Brad Marchand. <laughs> and... Yeah, right wing. Yeah. Need that electric right winger. Uh, go with Matt Kachuk. Ooh, wow. I'm going to pick... Miko Rantanen. No, never mind. He's on IR. I'm an idiot. That's why I didn't pick him. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm gonna stay with the Maple Leafs trend. Mitch oh Marner. Wow, interesting. Wow. Interesting. Oh, this is electric. This is we're really keeping everybody interested here. Um, <laughs> I so all right. We just did that's vodka. Um, trying to think of another Matt Hunwick. <laughs> Jay has been ready for this, man. Just, give, is, just give him the Rochester Americans. Yeah, yeah, literally, that's the trend we're going with. Change the name from the uh, Golden Griffins podcast or whatever to the Rochester Americans and give them the entire Rochester Americans. Ooh, next awesome. pick should be Corey Conacher if you're going to do the Golden Griffins. That is, that's true. Um, I just drafted Jack Eichel, by the way. Round five, pick number four. Um, Round six, pick number back one. After that, um, Petty Kane be my next one. I don't know. That's not so bad, right? Right. All right. (sighs) 
<laughs> Corey Conacher. Yeah, Corey Conacher, the next pick for the Canisius Golden Griffins. That is the name on ESPN. It's Canisius Golden Griffins. So just oh, to make it easier. I'm up again. Yeah, you oh. are. Yes, you are, Team Ashdown. I'm going to get, like, background music during this or something, so at least there's more things happening. I'm going to take Stanley Cup Most Valuable Player, Ryan O'Reilly. Okay. I was going to say, I thought you were going to continue with the Maple Leafs trend. No. Um, I'm actually going to steal one of those guys from me, and I'm going to take a good old Austin Matthews, and then I'm going to take the fitting Evgeny Kuznetsov. Very nice. All right, I'm back on. I w- okay, clock. so I was gonna say like Jay, you kind of need to get him at some point. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna not draft him just so you could have him. <laughs> Team match, I'm back on the clock. Round seven. Uh, there is 21 rounds. Obviously, cause you have to have 21 people on your team. Um. All right, I'm thinking. Give me a second. I'm sorry. Um, you know what? I'm going to take – Jay's going to make fun of me, I think, for this one. Yeah, Bergeron. Fill the Thrill Kessel. No, I'm not going to make fun of you. That. That's a great pick. Bang. Uh, right. David Backus. That was going to be one pick. I was thinking <laughs> about – I was going to get Tom Wilson, but I think he's actually too good to put on our meme team. That's true. Yeah. All right. Nicholas. Jay wants Jean Tom Marson Wilson. <laughs> is the next Ooh, pick. Good pick. Yeah. Um, Fantasy legend. Yes. Absolutely. He's projected to get zero points this year. <laughs> we need uh what's his name? From uh Boston. Bacchus? The no. one he just said? No, no, no. Carlo. No, no, no. Oh um, Heinen. Yeah, Dan Heinen. Dan Heinen. Duke's favorite player on the Bruins. I just drafted Andre. The Bruins. <laughs> Andre Vasilevsky. It was my next pick there. I'm back on the clock again though. Um This is so now we're in the point where like I'm gonna go Blake Wheeler. That's my that was my next one. Going Griffins are up again. I I'm working on it here. I was working. It's hard. It's I I understand it is very difficult to operate two teams. How do you spell Heinen? Vinny is H E I N E N. It is H E I. Okay. Dan Heinen. Awesome. All right. I. I'm going to take Ben Bishop. That's a pretty good pick. Goalies are very valuable. All right. I need a defenseman and I need a goalie, so I'm going to go with Taylor Hall. Ooh. (laughs) And... You know, I actually should take a defenseman. I'll take Victor Hedman. That is... Yeah. Hedman's, he has gotten off to a slow start this year, kind of. Yeah. But he'll be back, I'd imagine. It's Victor Hedman, you know. Um, I took Mark Giordano. Okay, that's fair. Oh, for the meme team? Yeah. Martin Jones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <yeah. laughs> All right. Why don't we start moving into some other stuff while we do our draft here? That's actually a good idea. Yeah, we're, we're definitely not. This is definitely not the most exciting thing in the world. No, we're in round ten. I think we're also very, very tired. We started early today. Yes, we did. We're in round ten. Yes, we are. Um, we'll keep you updated on some things throughout the draft, and we'll tweet. Um, we should tweet out the teams as well. Yeah, we will. We will indeed. Yeah. Um, so, one thing is uh, going back to my yearly prediction. Ovechkin's 42 goals this year. It's a dumb prediction. It's a great prediction. It's a terrible prediction. It's a great prediction. Yep. It's an awful prediction. Well, Ovechkin currently has Idiot. 11 goals in 14 <clears throat> games. Um, I'm not great at math, but that pace does not equal 42 goals. No, it does not. It equals just a little bit more than 42 goals. If we want to do the math which is is good to keep your brain active. Um, Oh, I hate you so much. What? You picked Morgan Riley. I had him him cued. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, I should probably... 
pay a little more attention. Right. I'm very mad. I just drafted Aho with my last pick, and he's listed here as a center or a left winger, but he filled out my last center slot, which I'm not happy about, and now I have no left wingers. But if you take a center, wouldn't it just move him to left wing? No, it won't. So now I'm so like I can't take another center now. Yeah, it's tough. It is where it is, I suppose. <laughs> you hate to see that. Um, Tom Wilson and Roman Yossi. Now, it's funny, the pro- the, project- the projections for the scores here, like Shea Weber's projected to get 162 points in fantasy points, rather, but he's ranked 97th. Eric Carlson is only projected to get 148, and he's ranked 50th. Like, I thought the projections would like kind of like, be the Eric way. Eric Carlson's it. been, like, really bad this year. But the way you set yeah up, he has the way you set up the point system might be different. Well, yeah, but it's it literally the fancy points are projected for what our point system is. Right, but I'm saying the ranks might not be. The ranking, what, okay, yeah, I guess you know that makes mean? sense. Yeah. Um. Well, in that case, I mean, I guess well. Um, w- we got to get a, a meme team pick here, Jay. I'm trying to think. Oh, of another something. meme team pick. Yeah. Uh-huh. Who's, uh, I'm trying to think of like. Look at Pekka looking. <laughs> hmm. Is he even on there? I'm taking Nazem Kadri. Um. And Chris Letang of my defenseman pick there. Um. So, yeah, I'm trying to do the math here, but for some reason my brain's just not working because it's so early in the morning. Okay, so eleven. Eleven and 14. fourteen. Yeah. Is seventy eight, so he's scoring at seventy eight percent of games. So times eighty two, sixty four. So he's on pace okay. for sixty four goals, which is absolutely unreal. It's a little bit more than forty two. Uh, next pick, you should consider taking Neil Yakupov since he is still on the website. That's a, actually a great. That's a great idea. I wonder what he's up to. I don't know. Um. Let's talk about some Bruins. <laughs> Shut up. Pashnak was leading the league in points. Until Dreisaitl took over. He has since been overtook by Leon Dreisaitl. But. Leon Dreisaitl is good. Leon Dreisaitl is very good. Oh, I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. You are. Some, yeah. Somebody else take the right. This is so hard to do multitasking. See, it's multitasking. It's crazy. This is really difficult. Yeah. Um, but. What were we just talking Pasternak's about? Pashnak's had 24 points on the year. He's looked really good. Uh, I'd say he's a stronger MVP candidate than Patrice Bergeron, which is the pick that Duke had. Are you sure? Which was a dumb pick. That's a great pick. It's a terrible I, pick. I'm interested to see, like, in terms of how the, uh, you know, Pasternak has kind of played. He's not leading the league in points anymore. That's Dreisaitl. Right. But, I mean, obviously, as the games go back and forth, you know, you can really, the, the r- final rankings really matter at the end of the year when you have all your games played. Exactly. So, um, I think the uh, the the pace that he's playing at right now, Pasternak, definitely makes him a favorite for MVP if he continues it because he's playing so well. Dreisaitl, I don't know, you know, would he win it with Connor McDavid? I feel like Connor McDavid is going to outscore him in points by the end of the year, probably, right? Right. So you, you'd figure. I mean, but I think Pasternak, because he's probably going to lead the Bruins in points, I think he makes a better case than than Dreisaitl does. Just because of the situation that Drysaddle finds himself in. So Pasternak makes a better MVP case than Bergeron. No, wrong. and so wrong. does Brad Marchand, who's also fifth in the league. Wrong. And Bergeron's not top twenty in points yet. So just wanted to throw that out there, just in case you had forgotten. Um, I didn't forget. But he will he will win MVP. So just mark my words. Um, Do we talk about the contract extension for Roman Yossi? Yes. Who's the guy that uh, used to play for the Devils and now plays for the Kings that went to like Russia for a couple years? <laughs> Ilya Kovalchuk. Ilya Kovalchuk. Thank you. I appreciate You're that and help. Um, I, now it's my turn. So you guys got to talk about something. Roman oh. Yossi signed an extension. It's just a tick over nine million a year for the next eight years. Uh, no full no movement clause. However, it's a front loaded contract. Was it a good move? 
Jay, you and I talked about this yesterday, yes. so you know how I feel. Yes. But I love a the front loaded contract. Yeah. Yeah. B, I I love that's Roman. Big. I From, love Roman Yossi. Yes. And for the Predators, that's a great move by him. By them, sorry, not him. Hoyosi yeah. is the. But just in general, I mean, when you take a look at how the contract is laid out, because it's front loaded, so like you can, you're really not getting hurt too much if he does drop off a little bit from his production that's right now. Because you're signing him until he's 37. Right. Which at that point, I would imagine that he's not going to be nearly as good as he is now. Right. So, but. We're talking about a very mobile defenseman, great moving the puck, has a wicked shot. It's captain for a reason. He has to take over with that role since. Uh, Shea Rubber left, then uh, Mike Fisher left. He's been a leader for that team for quite a while. He absolutely deserves every penny. And, and the thing is, when you got a guy as talented as Roman Yossi who's played the way he's played the last several years, the fact that they were able to sign him to an eight-year extension and not give him Drew Doughty, Eric Carlson type of money is huge. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel I feel you touched on a lot. That was good. But um, thanks. I, I would like to emphasize how much I like the front-loaded contract. That is a giant move. And it really is. It really makes the deal a whole lot better. When you look at Roman, when you look at Yossi's stats, right over his career, okay. So he's played for Nashville his whole life, nine-year career so far. He's played in 575 games and had 361 points. That's. For that's really that's really very really good. impressive. Um, now, if you look at the amount of games he's played each year too, he's only played. Um, well, so he did play a full lockout year. It looks like in 2012. Yes, but he but that doesn't really count as a full 82 game schedule. He's only played in 82 games once. He's played 81 two times. <laughs> Um, that one game. Yeah, that one game really got him. But uh, and then this year he's played in twelve games, which you know is the, you know, obviously. The only thing that can I happen. mean, sure he's only got one full eighty-two game season under his belt, but that really doesn't matter. Like your health doesn't really come into question for me until you're like consistently playing less than seventy games a season. Yeah, you can deal with them getting nicked up every once in a while. Not every player is going to be Patrice Bergeron in that category. And like Vinny said, he's got two seasons with 81 games. It's a it's it's, it's yeah, yeah. Right. it's a full season. Like, um, I don't. Know. I would be happy if it. I mean, not to mention, I mean, I don't even know. They've probably sat him the last game of the season for a couple of those because they've always been good enough to not have to worry on the last day of the playoffs. Right. So you're resting your captain for for the for, for the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Alternate captain as. It has been in the past, but, <laughs> but, yeah. Well, he's still your best defenseman. Yeah, that's those years. he is. He is. He definitely is. Um, all right, what else do we got? Jonathan Taze. Jonathan Taze. Oh, this is, yes. This was this was cool, but and interesting at the same time. I think it's really cool. I really like it. So Jonathan Taze um, suggested the other day that the NHL adopt a new schedule. Um, so it's kind of the, the breakdown of it is, oh, and I don't have a subscription to The Athletic, so I can't read their article about it. Um, <laughs> uh, neither do I. <laughs> I'm on the same website. <laughs> Jesus, you guys. But he essentially suggested that the travel be made – a little bit easier on everybody by by kind of switching up. It's it, to me when I looked at it, it looked a little bit like a combination of a college hockey schedule and a baseball schedule. Yeah. So essentially, what happens is every every t- for the most part, you play series against the team. Series. Series is <laughs> so. I was not really sure how to phrase that. What essentially it means is is you go, you go and you play. Um, you, you, so like, Chicago will travel to say Anaheim. They'll play two games there, then they come back, and then they'll play two games at home. And when they play, when they go to play on the East Coast, they'll play like the Bruins, and then they'll play the Sabers, and then they'll come home. Like just right. kind of to make the travel a little more consistent. You're not taking, you know, back and forth as much. The key thing 
for me was what he said about divisional matchups. You have to play each team in your division six times a year. Yeah. Having a three-game series at home and then a three-game series on the road yeah. against that team just amps up the importance of the games. Yeah, you're right. And now it definitely switches the momentum of, of three straight home games of mm-hmm. you know have that happening all the time. Um, that's one part of the schedule I'm not sure I like so much, but it would definitely make it interesting. He, I also don't necessarily like the fact that Western Conference teams would then play Eastern Conference teams and vice versa less. You know, I I don't like the idea that say an Eastern Conference team is going to only play, you know, say a team from the Pacific is only going to play a team from the Atlantic once, because I don't I don't think that. I don't think that you should be going into, say, a Stanley Cup final um, with uh, – sorry, guys. The main team just accidentally drafted Artemi Panarin because I wasn't paying attention. That's fine. Who cares? <laughs> I'll drop him and somebody can pick him up or whatever. Um, no, just don't worry about it. <laughs> so, but when you – when you look at, like – yeah, but essentially what I was saying before I got distracted by the stupid thing over there um, is, like, I don't like the idea that you could go into a Stanley, final, Stanley Cup final matchup where you, you've only seen the team once in the year already. I don't know, you know, what's the difference between seeing them once and twice? I, you know, there's not really that big of a difference, but I don't like the idea of only playing them once already in the year. I mean, there's some teams that only play another team, like, once a year anyways. Right, but I think it's just going to happen more and, you know, and, and eventually, like, what... I think I if you're the like league, it. I think though, you should. I, I think it. I think that's a little much. The league doesn't thrive on interleague play, though. That's the problem. It thrives it, it, on it, conference. It, thri- play? it thrives on conference and especially division play. Fair Driving much. up the importance of regular season games for your division and everything will only help improve the product. And I think having kind of like a series makes it exciting for every team. I agree because it just brings that playoff kind of mindset and atmosphere to a regular season that we haven't seen in recent years. So, like, even if you're, like, a team that's on the bubble that might not even make it, you, you still kind of experience that a little bit. Yeah. I do like that pick for the main team there, Jay. Delorier. Wow. <laughs> that's quite the pick. Wierenski. Who's going to take Wenberg? I'm going to take Wenberg. That's going to be the next. Oh, my God. I hate Wenberg. Three rounds left, fellas. He's not even coming up on the thing here. All right. Did somebody already pick Wenberg? Because he's not coming up on the. No, he's just so bad that no, they don't allow you to pick him. Do, is it, they, he must not be on here. Because he's bad at hockey. Oh, he's on that one, but he's not on this one. I needed to grab Sabre before this was all over. It's fair. All right. Have we had enough of the Tay's schedule? Um, I'd say so. All right. Jay, you, can you try and find Wenbert on this? Because I cannot do it. All right. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Ovechkin, we could go back to him and his performance against the Maple Leafs. Yep, he did. He Well, he scored four points um, as Why part of his thing that. Can you get rid of the L-E? Your phone's, like, screwing up. My, yeah, my phone is being stupid. Oh, and it, <laughs> they took Drew Dowdy. <laughs> <laughs> so much for that, Vincent. All right. I'll just have to pick Wenberg up in free agency or something. I'll drop Drew Dowdy and Artemi Panarin for Wenberg and somebody else. That'll be hilarious. All right. So Ovechkin played the Maple Leafs. Yes. This is a very, very interesting. Oh, I bet he's not coming up because I already filled his position on my team. That's right. Why. He had four points, I believe. Yes, two goals, two assists, game winner in overtime. In four goals. So he had every single point he had a part of. He had a hand yeah. in. That's Ovechkin for you. Yeah. It really is. And then um, after the game? Um, I think this was before the was, game. No, before it was before the game. The game. Before the game, he had some interesting comments. A lot of people took it the wrong way. I think he made well. That you know, I think he made a good point. You know, he made a 
Terrific point. So, and I think people that are looking at the response to it are also taking it out of context as well. Yeah, that's fair. So basically what Ovechkin said was when he talked about the Maple Leafs, he said when he looks at their team, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have the quote in front of me, he said that there's a certain way you have to play, and right now it seems that they're kind of playing for themselves. So the second that they change it, start playing for each other, they can reach the ultimate goal. He said, it's basically what happened to the Capitals in 2018. How many times they suffered heartbreak and didn't get it done in the playoffs. And then finally winning the cup. And then Austin Matthews responded to it and said, well, if anyone would know, it would be Ovechkin. How many years did they lose to Pittsburgh? And everybody's freaking out about those comments. And it's like, well, no, I, I think he's just confirming it. Like, yeah. how many years they lost to Pittsburgh and they finally got over that. They won a Stanley Cup when they played the right way. Yeah, it looks like if if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs and you were to finally get over the Boston, like if the Maple Leafs were to meet the Bruins in the first round and win, I would pick them to win the Stanley Cup the rest of the way. It just has that feel to it. Yeah, well, and then did you see what Babcock said in response to that? What do you say? Babcock said essentially, I want to get the quote right here. Uh, so Babcock said, "Well, I don't know if he's wrong." He knows because he lived it. Steve Eiserman lived it. A lot of guys live it until they're 30. You've got to decide whether you want to wait till you're 30 or do you want to figure it out now. It's the ultimate team game, and you got to sacrifice for your teammates. That's a really good quote. It because is. Because he made the point, like, he understands that the Maple Leafs are what would be considered a young team. And, you know, obviously they don't want to be like the Capitals and wait to figure it out until they're 30 like Ovechkin is. Well, here's the thing, though. Maple Leafs can't afford to. They got all these guys under like massive contracts. If they're gonna do it any year, it's gotta be this year. Tyson Berry, uh, Jake Muzzin, all free agents. Cody CC is too, but he's. I don't think they're gonna be upset losing Cody CC. Probably not. But the, you get this core of Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Andreas Janssen. You bring in Alex Kerfoot. He's signed Tavares. So you've got this whole core together that you really like. And with the way that the salary cap works, they can't really afford to, to mess this up because you're going to have to pay Freddie Anderson in a couple of years. And that probably means they're going to have to do what the Capitals did and sell off just a few pieces here and there just to keep the core group together. But if we're talking about a strong team that could win it, I just have a feeling like for the, this Maple Leafs team, I don't think they're going to do it this year. But I feel like they could do it within the next couple of years. And that's they, that's the idea with them is that they, they could do it because of the team that they have. The team that they have is very strong. But it's like, to me, they keep running into Boston. They haven't gone out of the first round. It just feels like this might be the story. The same thing as the Capitals where you've got this strong team you're hoping to win a Stanley Cup. They're not getting it done, and now eventually you got to sell off pieces. And the second that they do that, and you don't expect them to win anymore, bam. Yeah. I mean, we saw the Capitals go out and trade for Kevin Shattenkirk and lose in the second round to the Penguins, and then they couldn't afford to keep him. They had to trade away Marcus Johansson, who's a really good player that yeah. you know they obviously very very much liked. And yeah. they've that that Capitals team that won in 2018. That's not the Capitals team that should have won. No, you're Out of right. It's all not, the no. years that they had a chance to win the Stanley Cup, that was not the team that should have won. Yeah, but they did because of like you mentioned, and it also helped that Barry Trotz was behind the bench and kind of at that point they'd been there for four years and yeah, they could they they kind of made it happen when they needed to make it happen. And, and to and to me, there the the one thing that should give Maple Leafs fans hope is that. Braden Holpe had never been a bad postseason goaltender, but they just still couldn't get over that hump at Pittsburgh. And right. once they did, Braden Holpe was great the rest of the way in the one like Stanley yeah. Cup. Um, Freddie Anderson statistically is a really good postseason goaltender. He passes the stat test. He passes the eye test. He's consistently been like the one like good constant thing when they faced the Boston Bruins. Granted, 
his numbers in Game 7 against the Boston Bruins aren't great, but then again, nobody's are. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and yeah. when you look at the games and you see the, the chances they allow in a Game 7, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so it just... I, I like the Maple Leafs' core. I like Kyle Duba. <laughs> Dubois. <laughs> Dubois. Dubois. That's going to be. Dubois. That's going to have to be. The, uh, I was going to try and do something about fancy for the uh, the title of this episode. Wait. It's going to have to be Kyle Dubois. 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 I'm going to say Dubois because it's funnier. D U B O I S. That's not what I said. Yeah, it's going to well, be what you said though. Was du Dubois just D A H then? D U B A H. Kyle Dubois. Dubois. But then, like, like he has done a good job assembling a team with everything he's done. You know, the Nazem Kadri trade was a really good trade. For... Here you go, Fiddy. I know you've been waiting for it. I love it. You that was it. a good trade for both sides. I've, I've, it actually it was, already, though. It's so awesome. It, it actually was, though. You're right, it was. Because Nazem Kadri is a very, very talented forward that he the Avalanche got. absolutely helps got. the Avalanche Absolutely the helps them. And But the, the Maple Leafs get Alex Kerfoot long-term, yeah. who's going to be a really good, good third-line center. Because yeah. he's a more appropriate third-line center for the team that they have than Nazem right. Kadri would right. because he's yeah. been the 30-goal scorer in the and, past. And Kadri was always that guy that they said cost them the... the well, because they, he was never available. The right. last two seasons that they had faced the Bruins and lost to them, he wasn't available for a game seven right. because so, he was suspended. So now in that change of scenery, like people talk about with players who are struggling, Kadri wasn't really struggling. He was just struggling to stay on the ice because of his suspensions and now with that change of scenery he he will maybe he won't do that again because he, yeah. he's on a different team he's, he's been to. good this year jared Bert, bednar uh preaches uh discipline so yeah hopefully that helps him out but for the maple Leaf side of it kerfoot's a good third line center but then getting even just the one year of tyson berry really helps out their defense the problem is is they they can't afford to keep them. Yeah, they're gonna have to choose one of Jake Muzzin or Tyson Berry, and then once they're finished with that problem, their defense isn't gonna be as their defense isn't even that great now who, as is. Who do but, you keep, Jay? Who do you keep, Muzzin or Berry? I keep Jake Muzzin. Jake Muzzin's a better two way defenseman. He's younger, isn't he? I think they're around the same age. They're around the same age. At, the, at that point, it's pretty much the same. But I mean, you're you, and because he's a good two way defenseman. You're probably actually going to have to not pay him as much as an offensive defenseman like Tyson Berry. Tyson Berry's going to get a ton of money on the open market. Berry's two years younger, actually. He's 28. Muzzin's 30. Okay. But Jake Muzzin's a guy you can give a five year contract to. Probably somewhere in the six, seven million dollar range, I would say. And that would be a good signing for them to keep him around because he's been like a staple for them ever since they traded for him last year. We saw how bad Nikita Zaitsev was for the Maple Leafs the last couple of years. They put him on a defensive pairing with Jake Muzzin, and he was watchable. He was passable. And that's how good Jake Muzzin's been for them. So I, w- I would keep j- around Jake Muzzin. But, like, if you lose Cody Ceci and you lose Tyson Berry, sure, Cody Ceci's not great. And... Tyson Berry can sometimes be turnover prone. Your defense is still really, really weak. And then you have to worry about keeping Freddie Anderson around. So this is where you're going to have to start parceling off assets. Yeah. So, like, Dave, they, like, I think, a I lot think of- Kyle Dubas has done a good job adding talent. But he's really, like, kept a very narrow window. Dubai. Well, uh, yeah, there's a small margin for error because I think – but, like, that's kind of everybody's thing is, like, how they're, – they're not sustainable. Yeah, they're not. They don't. What do you do if you lose the Bruins long, again? They're You're, not set up for long-term success. Yeah. If they don't win this year, it's going to look like everything is for nothing. Right. And then they're going to. And be, so then and it now, look like you're that, paying three guys over ten million dollars for nothing. Then they're yeah. going to kind of be in shambles after yeah. that because they're just going to yeah. have nothing. They probably have how many more years left of really, really realistic success, unless they hit on some really good draft picks. Which know? is something they'd have to do, but they they didn't have their first round pick this year. They're in a tough like this the, the past Leafs, draft. The Leafs are in a tough spot if they don't make it happen now. Exactly. So, so and of course, even, and the when other you, thing is, even when you do make it happen, you don't want to just drop off the map, like right away. Right. You know, but yeah, sometimes that has to happen. Contract. It is. Im- it's important for teams to lock up their core, and I understand that. You want to make sure you have a good core that's recognizable for uh, marketing, media, for a ten-year period, say. And Austin Matthews is that guy. 
John Tavares is that guy. Mitch Marner, William Neal, those are all great guys for that. With that being said, it is an awful look to have a core that includes three players making over $10 million when that core has never won a playoff series together. And if they don't do it this year, that's the a realistic it's situation issue, that yeah. they're going to be facing. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. All right. We're creeping up on an hour here. We are. Um, do you want to uh, go over? I'm just going to go over the standings real quick. All right. One of the other things we we're going to talk about is how Deline's been struggling. First overall pick last year. Had a tough, uh, tough stretch. Um, only one goal on the season. Played 13 games. That's not so bad. He has 10 points. Um, however, um, four, five, seven of those came in the first four games of the season. He has only three assists since. Um, only one point in his last six games, and that was an assist. Two points in his last seven. Darlene been struggling on defense as well, a couple turnovers, and his plus-minus is uh, suffering a little bit. A little bit of a sophomore slump for the kid, but I'm sure he'll get back. I mean, he is only 19 years old. Um, that was just one of the things that I wanted to mention because – as a Sabres fan, obviously, it's tough to see him struggle the way he is. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think there's doubt that he'll, he'll be fine in the end, you know. Um, okay, so standings update real quick. What the um, In terms of the league itself, Washington Capitals on top with 21 points. Um, in terms of wild card standings at the moment, obviously, we're only like average of like 12 games in per team, so not really super important. Washington leads... The Metropolitan Division with Carolina and the Islanders being second and third. Atlantic led by Boston, followed up by Buffalo. Florida now in the third spot there. Pittsburgh and Toronto making up the two wildcard spots. Montreal and Tampa Bay are um, just a little bit out. They're tied for 14 points, one point out of Toronto, which has 15. Ottawa New Jersey tied for last with seven points. New Jersey really having a tough year so far. And we did not expect that from them. No. Uh, we all picked them to make the playoffs in some capacity, did we not? We all did. I didn't pick them. You did not? I think okay. I did. Rangers but also struggling. I know for a fact I picked both those teams, so that's tough for me to see. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the Devils added some guys, and we thought they were going to be a lot better. In yeah. Teams now. Um, Western Conference, Colorado leads uh, the Central Division with 18 points. Nashville and St. Louis in the mix as well. Edmonton leads the West itself with 19 points. Vancouver, 17, and Vegas, 16 in the Pacific uh, rounding out the top three, Anaheim and the Yotes have the other t- the two wild card spots. Calgary is one point out um, in the third spot for the wild card race. Winnipeg um, has 12 points, kind of drops off from there. Los Angeles and Minnesota um, and Chicago, for that matter, all tied at eight points. Um, all th- three of those teams struggling, and I don't think really anybody p- predicted them to to be really that great. To begin with, uh, San Jose and Dallas though struggling, not in wild card spots as of yet. So tough scene for them. Calgary, which was a cup favorite last year, and not in a playoff spot right now as well. But like I mentioned, we're only not even a quarter of the season in, so does not really matter too much. Stat leaders, just go over those real quick before Duke has to go. Points like we mentioned earlier, Leon Dreisaitl is leading the league right now. Dave Pasternak was leading up until last night. Duke Rask leading in save percentage with 951. That's pretty dang good. Marc-Andre Fleury leading in wins um, with eight. Uh, Boston Bruins have the best power play with 31%. League average is 19.6. Penalty kill, the San Jose Sharks have the best penalty kill. Nashville Predators have four goals per game on average, and the Bruins are averaging two goals against per game. The league average average is 3.05. Marc-Andre Fleury approaching his 450th win, and... Paul Stastny approaching his 700th point. Both of those players are playing for the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, in terms of points, Drysdale 25, Pasternak 24, John Carlson 23 as he continues his stellar year. Jay mentioned, I think we were on the pod, we were recording at that point, or were you not recording when you said Carlson is kind of a sleeper MVP candidate? I think we were recording. Keep an eye out for that guy, um, especially if he sustains that that level of point. point Guys. Game. Guys, what's up? Do you know who's in a second wild card spot right now? I just read him off. Columbus, the Arizona Coyotes. Boys, it's happening this year. It's happening. Yeah, yeah. I think that's all we got. 
Um, do you want me to read over the the rosters right now for the fantasy hockey league, real quick? Yeah, real quick. Um, real quick, the uh, the standings as of uh, you know retroactively, Kuznetsov's Coke, Jay Ashdown, <laughs> um, leading with seven hundred and four point three set point two five essentially points. Tanawata Turkeys, that's Vinny with well me, uh, six hundred seventy two points. That's Vinny, well me. <laughs> uh, Jay Ashdown, operated by Matt, <laughs> six hundred thirty three points. Round out the top three are. Uh, Kanisha's just an overall podcast um, team, 252.3 points with the players that some of them aren't even on rosters anymore. Um, the league itself, um, I'll read over Jason Jay's in the league, or in the lead, rather. If he lets me click on his team, we'll go over his roster real fast here. Um, centers, Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews, and Evgeny Kuznetsov. Wouldn't you like to have that top center down the middle? Holy cow. Uh, Dreisaitl, Marchant, Kachuk, and Hall are the left wingers. Wilson, Nylander, Rantanen, and Stone are his are the right wingers. Hedman, who's on IR right now, as is Rantanen, and you're still in the lead with two IR guys. That's impressive. Yep. Um, bad news. Well, those were risk uh, later picks, right? Because um, of their IR situation. So Hedman, Yossi, Roman Yossi, who we just talked about contractually. Uh, John Klingberg and Seth Jones, as well as Thomas Shabbat, Zach Wierenski, and Miro Heiskanen um, on the roster for him. Jay, you can move one of those guys to your IR spot and then pick up another guy. I'm trying to do that right now. It's not working. Uh, Pekka Rene and Philip Grubauer are his two goalies. Jay mentioned he wanted to target Grubauer to me yesterday. He wins a lot of games. so That's true, he does. Um, my team after the draft here, Sidney Crosby, Jack Eichel, Tyler Sagan, Sebastian Ajo down the middle. Not nearly as good as Jay's centers are. Gabriel Landeskog, who is on IR, Jonathan Huberdeau, Max Domi, Jimmy Ben, Nikita Kucherov, David Pasternak, Patrick Kane, and Blake Wheeler are my wingers. Um, defensively, we have Brent Burns, Chris Letang, Matt Dumba, Shea Weber, Darnell Nurse, Eric Carlson, and Dougie Hamilton. Andre Vasilevsky, Marc-Andre Fleury are my goaltenders. Um, quick thing. Yes. I just added someone. Did you know? I did. Well, I claimed someone. I didn't add anybody yet. Well, I put uh, a waiver claim in for him. Yeah, true. Um, so who, I, I who put Hedman on IR. Yeah, and then I'm trying to acquire a mysterious player. Ooh, I don't want anybody to take him. Well, we will see. Um, it's Alex Petrangelo. Interesting. All right. Well, that's our, and then I'll go over uh, Team J Ashdown real quick here. Uh, Matt Duke has drafted Steven Stamkos, Ryan O'Reilly, Alexander Barkov, and he does not have a center right now, as you just moved somebody to IR, John Tavares. Um, Alex Ovechkin, Claude Giroux, Johnny Gaudreau, and Jake Gensel are his left wingers. Mitch Marner, Phil Kessel, Braden Point, and Mika Zibanejad are the right wingers. John Carlson, Mark Giannano, Morgan Riley, Justin Falk, Brandon Montour, Keith Yandel. Montour will be playing this Friday, I heard, but it's doubtful to play both games this weekend, Duke. Um, Keith Yandel, Tori Krug. Our other defensemen, Ben Bishop and Robin Leonard, are the goaltenders for Team J Ashdown. Wow, Robin Leonard, um, surprise pick. Yeah, that's I, that surprised me just to see that just now, especially just because he's, he's not going to. He's only going to be starting like yeah, and he's not going to not going to get games. a lot of wins, you know. Uh, well, you know, um, you got to take some risks. Our uh, meme team right now is led by Vlad Sabotka at the center spot, followed by Dan Heinen, David Backus, and Nazem Kadri. <laughs> Uh, Electric. Corey Conacher, Ilya Kovalchuk, Artemi Panarin, and Nick Delorier are the left wingers. Panarin is going to be dropped. He's been slacking so far. Corey Perry, Neil Yakupov, Justin Williams, and Ryan Kessler are the right wingers. Dustin Bufflin, Neil Pionk, Matt Hunwick, Nicholas Jalmarsen, Drew Doughty, who's going to get dropped. Marco Scandella and Zendano Chara are the defensemen right now with Martin Jones and Ryan Miller as the goaltenders. Awesome. Yeah, awesome is the right word for that, indeed. Um, we definitely did not do. <laughs> All right. He checked out the page, didn't he? I did. Yeah, I just I opened up the Google. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's it for today's episode yeah, of the Other Boards Podcast. Happy Thanks Halloween! For, happy Halloween! Make yeah. sure to dress up, get a lot of candy, give the kitties candy. Um, Don't put it. Oh there. wait, real quick. Yeah. Just saw this on Twitter, and it's really, really cheesy, really, really corny. But that's not be good. I did call Bryce Harper early today, but there was no ring. Oh. oh. 
Oh, he just got dunked on. Save it for a baseball Dude, podcast. imagine, imagine. There's no baseball podcast. Exactly. Imagine. <laughs> I don't want to hear that joke. Ever imagine again. like losing a top ten player in the MLB and then winning the World Series next year. <laughs> he's not a top ten player though. Yeah, he is. He's not. He's overrated. Who is better than Bryce Harper? Yeah, talent wise. Well, obviously, there's several people better than him, but like, is he? I think he's probably top ten. Talent, talent wise, he's a top ten player. He hits like two forty. Talent wise, he's a top ten player. <laughs> Talent. I don't care how much talent he has. Put it to use. All right. <laughs> today's episode, we'll talk about that on the baseball podcast <laughs> that we don't have. For today's episode of the Overboard Podcast, my name is Matt Duke here in studio with Jay Ashton and Vinny Cristiano. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at RealGriffCast for news and updates on this podcast and the rest of our lineup. So, see ya. Good night, Jim Kate. Okay.